Hey DCL fans, it's Wes. If you're thinking about taking a Disney cruise vacation, consider booking your trip with us. We are independent travel agents affiliated with Mickey World Travel, a platinum Disney earmarked agency. Not only can we answer all your questions and help you with all the planning details, but we'll give you some onboard credit up to $1,000 to spend on your trip. That's free money to spend on whatever you want just for booking with us. Spa treatments, port adventures, merchandise, adult dining experiences. You're going to pay the same whether you book directly with Disney or with a travel agent, so you might as well get some extra spending money to take with you. If you're interested, send us an email at wes at mickeyworldtravel.com. And now, on to the show. Hey everyone, welcome to episode number 93 of the DCL Dude Podcast. My name is Wes and I hope you all had a fantastic weekend. We are entering that stage of life where our weekends and even some of our evenings during the week are consumed by our kids' sporting events and activities uh, between t-ball and soccer and baseball and swimming and dance and, and everything else we have going on. We have a, a, a pretty chaotic schedule, but it's it's all really fun and uh, it, I wouldn't I wouldn't have it any other way. But um, you you would think that the kids would be worn out by the time the weekend is over, but it's always it's always my wife and I, uh, who are the most exhausted. They seem to have endless energy, which I, I am jealous of most of the time. We are also recovering from the leftover excitement from last Thursday when our booking window opened for the Disney Wish. We were able to book a reservation on the Maiden Voyage uh, immediately after we booked it. I, I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't sure how to feel. There was one part of me that couldn't contain the excitement, uh, but another part of me was feeling quite quite sick about the the costs that we agreed to paid uh to pay and and just the fact that the the deposit isn't uh isn't refundable um but that feeling has worn off and it's just pure excitement now we are we just can't wait the maiden voyage was something I was hoping for since the wish was originally announced. We weren't sure if we were going to be able to make it happen. Um, and we're really fortunate to have been lucky enough to get a spot. It was definitely a, a different booking experience than any other cruise, too. I I was so concerned about availability that I didn't even really have a chance to, to browse through the different staterooms like I would normally. I had an idea of what we wanted and, and just clicked right through to the category we were looking for and just selected the, the first room that I saw on the starboard side of the ship. Um, and that turned out to be a good decision because by like 8.15 on Thursday morning, the, the cruise was completely sold out. Um, I, uh, I, I would have liked to look around and see if some specific rooms uh, that we had our eye on would, would be available, but I, I wouldn't have had time to do that, I don't think. So um, it, was, it, was, it was crazy. The actual booking process was different, too. You, you first had to verify and acknowledge that the Castaway Club member whose ID was used to access the reservation would remain on the reservation. So um, something we hadn't seen before. 
Normally, when you book a cruise on opening day, a Castaway Club member can make a reservation for a friend or another family member who's maybe at a lower level, um, and then you can switch the names around later. That was not the case for, for the maiden voyage. And we also had to pay the deposit uh, right away before the reservation could be confirmed. So on all other cruises, you can elect a, a temporary hold on the reservation and, and can wait to make the deposit until a few days later. Um, and I can understand why they did it this way to, you know, to avoid rooms taken, uh, taken out of inventory by those who, um, who may not have really had any intention of actually keeping it. Um, so again, super excited, feeling very lucky. I, I know a lot of, a lot of, maybe a lot of you listening even, um, wanted, uh, the maiden voyage and didn't have a chance to get it. So, um, certainly, uh, understand that, you know, uh, we got lucky and, uh, I wish, I wish everybody could go on, uh, on any cruise that the, that they, that they had their eye on. And speaking of which, by the time you're hearing this episode, the, uh, the gold castaway club booking window will have opened. And so that's Monday morning. DVC members can book on Tuesday, Silver Castaway Club members can book on Wednesday, and then general booking for The Wish will open on Thursday. So best of luck to everyone who is making reservations this week. Um, and also, keep in mind, the fall 2022 itinerary releases uh, are likely just around the corner. So um, if the summer t- doesn't work out or if you missed out on something uh, that you were looking for, the fall is right around the corner. Um, I would expect those sometime probably in early to mid June. So, uh, I will certainly be, uh, be on the lookout for those and keep you informed. Um, there are a couple quick things from the past two weeks that I want to catch you all up, uh, all up on before we get in today's episode. First, the Disney wish concierge tower suites were revealed last week. And all I can say was, wow, I, they are unbelievable. The suite is located in the uh, in the forward funnel and has a total of nineteen hundred and sixty six square feet of living space. That is more than the house uh, that we just moved from that we lived for uh, that we lived in for the past <laughs> seven years. That is humongous. That is a, a, a an absolutely massive um, state or I can't even call it a stateroom suite. Uh, on on the Disney Wish, the the theming is Moana inspired, and if you haven't seen the pictures, they are absolutely breathtaking. the The suite accommodates up to eight guests, and it, so you know if anyone is ever to looking to split a cruise eight ways, just uh, just, just let me know, and uh, I'm I'll be there. The next two stories are somewhat related. Last Friday, Disney Cruise Line canceled all cruises on the Fantasy and the Dream through July thirty first. Cruises on the Wonder, though, were only canceled through July 12th, which left two Alaska cruises uh, remaining on the schedule in July. Uh, And if you were like me, you were scratching your head a little bit uh, about this announcement. This was very curious to me. I don't understand why you would cancel all other cruises through July. You know, the Magic's already been canceled uh, beyond that. Why not cancel all sailings when every other ship is, you know, is canceled through that time? Well, on Thursday of last week, the U.S. House of Representatives passed the Alaska Tourism Restoration Act, which would allow cruises to sail to Alaska from a U.S. port without a stop in Canada. Um, so that's a, that's a big deal. Something that we haven't, um, uh, something that hasn't been possible because of, uh, you know, out some, 
in my opinion, outdated maritime laws. Um, this uh, this bill that was just passed is just a temporary fix um, to you know to, to that law that I think should be completely reformed. But it, it it essentially paves the way for cruises to travel between Washington and Alaska. So you know begs the question: Could we see cruises to Alaska from Seattle again on the Wonder this July? Um, you know, I suppose we'll find out soon, but those, those cancellation dates on the wonder seem, um, seem to be very telling, um, <laughs> raise your hand. If you uh, guess the wonder would be the first uh, ship to resume operations. <laughs> so now that you're all caught up, I am really excited to have another former, uh, Disney cruise cast member on the show, uh, this week. So, uh, we're going to get right into it. Hope you, uh, hope you enjoy here. Take a listen. I love talking to former Disney Cruise cast members because of the different perspectives uh, that they are able to offer. I think I would have loved to have been a Disney Cruise Line cast member, um, but that's probably not in the cards for me anymore, so I get to sort of live vicariously through them uh, as part of these interviews. So uh, it's a lot of fun to do. I appreciate them coming on. My guest this week uh, got to spend a bunch of time on Castaway Key, which uh, is just seems like a, an absolute dream job for me. I um, interviewed another uh, former Disney Cruise cast member who uh, was a full-time resident of Castaway Key several months ago uh, and had a lot of fun chatting with him. My guest this week, uh, his name is Connor. He also got to spend a bunch of time on Castaway Key, so I am really looking forward to uh, to chatting with him and kind of... Uh, asking him some questions about ex- his experience on Castaway Key. So, Connor, I really appreciate you coming on. Thanks, uh, f- thanks for coming on to the show. It's all right. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> and uh, you are from the UK. Uh, that's uh, that's correct, right? Yeah, yeah just on, on the edge of London. That's so, a- um... very cool. <laughs> Before we get into your experience on the island, I'm always just really interested to find out how people uh, end up kind of in their roles. So how did you find this job and, and what made you want to apply for it? Um, so it kind of, in a weird way, it found me. Um, I was, yeah, I, I worked at summer camps for all my, my four years while I was at uni during my summers, um, which in a way is somewhat similar. Obviously it's, it's kind of a below, below working for Disney, but somewhat relates to my job in Disney. Um, but I was in my final year at university. It was about four o'clock in the morning. I was doing my dissertation and a recruiter um, messaged me on LinkedIn saying, I've got this job. Would you like to have an interview? And uh, I was like, you know what? I need a break from from writing this dissertation. Uh, Go for it. And he was like, oh, you're free now? And I was like, yeah. (laughs) And, And so I had a... This this quick sort of chat with a recruiter, and then um, they kind of put me onto the the Disney portal, which I then had to obviously go through the whole process of filling out all the forms and and having the uh, the interview with the Disney hiring um, hiring managers, and and kind of it went from there really, um, and it kind of just worked out well in terms of when I finished uni, I went straight into it. So timing-wise, it worked out perfectly for me. It was kind of relatable to what I was doing previously. And uh, and I was like, I'm young. Why not go and live on an island and, and work for a company like Disney Cruise Line? You know? Yeah. Wow, that's that's really cool that it 
they just reached out to you. I'm I'm sure that doesn't happen all that often. So that's that's a uh, that's pretty cool. So did you did you know anything about Castaway Key kind of before this opportunity came about? Um, honestly, uh, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> I obviously knew that um, Disney had cruise ships and like we have, that was the Disney Cruise Line, but um, I wouldn't say I'm the typical Disney sort of employee disney cast cast member who who knows everything about disney i'm I'm not those you know um so yeah i I really didn't know much when i apply when i applied as so you know that's cool I, i like that um and so what what was your actual job what what did you do on the island so i was classed as a island recreation so um I mean, we literally looked after any recreation that is on the island. So the beachfront, all the the sports, the um, some of the excursions, the snorkeling. We looked after the lagoon. Um, we, we looked after pretty much everything from the promenade to the to, to the sea. Um, we looked after and sort of ran. I would be one day. I'd be you know, in gills or, or working with all the snorkels, you know, renting them out to people, um, dealing with all the fins and the snorkels. Then the next day I'd be lifeguarding in the middle of the lagoon. Um, and then the next day I'd be on boat beach dealing with Hobie cats and aqua tracks, you know? So it, it was, it was very varied, uh, on a day to day basis. And, uh, it was literally prior to the ship coming in, getting, making sure that everything to do with recreation was, was ready for the guests. And, and then after they left, after the ship left, it was making sure that everything was packed away properly and, you know, making it last, maintaining it. Wow. So how did you, you know, if you did sort of different things all the time, how did you know kind of what you needed to do? Is it just kind of, you get a feel for it once you, you know, you've done the job for a little while or did you have a schedule or, you know, how did how did your day-to-day, uh, you know, process start? So the schedule, like the easiest way to explain it is it would be split into like three sections. So it was prior to the ship arriving and then once the ship was in and then the third section would be after the ship left. Um, and you know that, right, if you were doing this in the morning, then it means that you'd be doing this during the day and then it would equate to this job role at the end of the day. Um, and so you kind of, how many contracts did I do? I did four, four contracts, four or five. Oh, wow. Gosh, I can't even remember right now. Uh, <laughs> was, I did four. Uh, my, did I do, yeah, I did four. My first one was very long. Um, but yeah, I did four contracts. So by the time you, you get to do like first and second, like my first one was six months and I, I didn't. I only knew half of the stuff that was oh. my job role by the end of the six months. You wow. know, um, it was so much to do, and and that's that was a good thing about it. You know, that's wow. So um, four contracts. Uh, the first one was six months. So you probably must have spent about a year total on the island. Does that sound about right in t- in terms of just total days? Total days. Yeah, I'd say just over a year. Wow. Um, yeah. 
That's crazy. So what do you think it was? I'm still so interested in the fact that they reached out to you. What do you think it was about your LinkedIn profile that, you know, caused someone to reach out to you and say, Hey, we think you'd be a good fit for this position. Um, I mean, my job role, the, the summer camp I'd worked at was very, very similar. Okay. Um, gotcha. There was a bit of lifeguarding, a bit of driving boats and jet skis. There was a bit of that makes sense. Okay. Things out, you know, it was it was very similar. It just wasn't on the scale that Disney Cruise Line is, um, and I think that's probably why. That makes sense. Yeah. So, what was the what was the training process like? I mean, I assume they didn't just bring you out to Castaway Key and train you. Did you do it kind of stateside in in Florida, or you know what what did they do to kind of get you ready to do your job? Yeah, they flew us into um, into Florida. And we we stayed there for two weeks. There was a team of four of us who were going to the island, um, and we went through a we went through traditions, which every cast member, every crew member goes through um, at the Disney University. And then we also did uh, everyone had to recertify as a lifeguard um, under the Ellis Association lifeguarding program. So it was, okay. That then once we got onto the because sh- we we used the ship to get to and from the the island. So once we got onto the ship, we then had to do a week's worth of uh, safety and like all our safety certificates and the the whole the whole ship training we had to do, getting to know the the lifeguarding role on the ship as well. Um, and then once we got onto the island, we had our own island sort of two week program where you'd like first day was just getting to know the island then it was getting your uniform getting your um or costume shall i say um you know figuring your bearings out first couple of days then we had to do another sort of advanced first aid and, and lifeguarding to deal with the ocean um which you had to have previous experience with it was just disney wanted to make sure that everyone was on the same same level on the same playing field um, so we had to do that once we got onto the island and then also, yeah, just familiarizing yourself with the island really. Gotcha. And then for the first, I think it was three days, you'd be shadowed. And then three days after that, someone would shadow you to make sure that you did the job properly on the, you know, after you've shadowed someone. Oh, okay. Cool. Um, so you mentioned you were also a lifeguard. Is that is is it the same? Is it the same for all the lifeguards on, on the island? Like, did they were they lifeguards and also, you know, this other thing that you did, or were there some groups that were strictly lifeguards and you know that was their that was their job? Because it sounds like you did much more than just you know lifeguarding. Yeah. So um, everyone under the recreation uh, team it was qualified as a lifeguard. Got it. Okay. Um, it's like on your first contract, you, you you do mainly do lifeguarding, and then it slowly kind of progresses once they they get to know you, you get to know the island, um, and you get to do more and more, and you get more training. You know, each contract I had different trainings, which taught me different things and and progressed me and made made the contract a bit different. You know. Yeah, sure. Um, one of the things that you mentioned when we were just chatting in, in you know, in the in the in the text we back and forth 
is one of your jobs was checking the nets every day, right? Um, can you, and one of the questions that I get asked quite a bit is, are there sharks uh, at Castaway Key? So can you just explain kind of the, you know, that part of your job and, and put people's minds at ease that they, you know, that there aren't any sharks in the, in the, uh, in the you know, the snorkeling cove? Yeah, so if we just pick <laughs> Cast away, we're standing in the middle of the main family beach looking out to the, the lagoon. You'll receive a breaker wall along the back, which is that rocky formation. Yeah. There's two separate sections to that where it just kind of dips into the ocean. Um, and it, it's, we call it like the first cut and the second cut. It's literally a divide in that breaker wall where water runs, flows through, things like that. Yeah. Um, we have nets which go in between those two cuts, which are big enough for fish to swim in and out of, um, strong enough to, you know, deal with the current, the tides and things like that, um, but also large, small enough to keep large predators away and out of the lagoon. Um, if you look to the left of the main, the main lagoon, there's, you'll see a black sort of floating tube the whole way along. Yeah. And that hangs the net freely into into the ocean and then at the bottom of the lagoon it's it's attached to a chain which is quite a heavy chain so that then as the tide rises and falls the net obviously can increase in size with the tide mm-hmm, now mm-hmm. part of when i said to you about the schedule is split into three sections uh one someone's job you, you swim with a buddy as well um, so two of you go out in the morning and you'll go and swim all of those nets with a, with a snorkel. You dive down, you check the chain, check that it's still connected to the chain, um, check that there's no holes. Um, you have a special tool bag with you when, when you're checking these nets so that if there is any holes, um, occasionally you'll get a couple of little breaks, which is not, not a big enough hole to yeah. be a, to be a worry, but it's literally just a couple of clamps and it, it, fixes that hole and then you continue going you check the check the whole nets all the way around yeah oh, that's cool how long does that take uh the, the whole swim uh you're probably going for about 40 40 minutes yeah okay yeah it's cause... great summer but in winter oh, it's a bit... <laughs> it's, you know, the, the ship comes in at, at seven o'clock in the morning so uh, you're, you're getting up and it's still slightly dark and you're like, right, I have to, have to wait for the sun to come up so I can actually see that the nets are okay. And you're like, Ooh, that first step in is cold. Oh, the second step's even colder. Right, just got to commit, commit, commit. <laughs> and yeah, no, I, being from England, I don't really mind it, you know. Yeah, sure, but, sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's funny. Do you Have you ever, I know not in the, you know, the lagoon area, but around the island, have you ever seen sharks out there? uh there there is a there is a few um they are actually very friendly um nothing to nothing to worry about and yeah. not yeah yeah i mean you're in bahamian water there's gonna be there's gonna be sharks yeah uh, yeah right, exactly but my experience they're all very friendly and yeah the, when we bumped into them it was it was actually surrounding pla- places where the guests don't go you know so sure yeah so when I talked to Heath a couple of months ago, and I th- I think you said you, uh, you you and Heath are friends, is that right? We actually uh, we actually lived together for um, probably about six months. Yeah. Oh no way! Oh wow! Okay, um, I didn't realize that. Actually, uh, maybe I knew that. But um, so w- one of the things that he said was 
that, you know, he would spend a few weeks on the island and then he would have to get on the ship and sail back to Florida. And, you know, he would do some lifeguarding on the ship before, you know, coming back to the island. Did you have, you know, have that experience? Did Was that something that you were required to do or did you just kind of stay on the island once you, once you were there? No, once again, everyone, everyone had to do it. Got it. Um, okay. It was to do with immigration and that's what I thought. Yeah, and things like that. So everyone had to do it. Okay. Uh, the reason we just kind of had to lifeguard is because they didn't want to give us a little holiday for a few days, so uh, they put <laughs> us to work. <laughs> yeah, that's too bad. <laughs> it was. It was uh, I liked the experience of going on a ship because one, you'd get to you know, we were such a small team on my island. It was nice to mingle with others and and talk to other people. Um, it also allowed us to go to places like Walmart and yeah. get some get some food which isn't from the island, you know. Uh, that that was mainly my my thing. I, I would go every, wherever the ship went. I'd get off and just go and go and get food from a restaurant gotcha. because it was just something different. Something yeah. <laughs> change it up a little bit. <laughs> that, that, that was the thing. But I actually liked going on the ship. Um, yeah. And yeah. Did they ever give you a job that wasn't lifeguarding or was it always lifeguarding on the ship? It was, it was always lifeguarding yeah, okay. to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, uh, oh, I don't remember what I was going to say. So was your, was your time on the Island cut short because of COVID or were you done prior to that? Um, so I was, I was meant to be going back for another contract, which was going to be my last contract. Um, when, so in the UK, we went into a lockdown because of COVID on the 25th of March. And uh, I was meant to be flying out on the 2nd of April. Got it. Okay. My, yeah. And it was only going to be a short one as well. It was only actually eight weeks. Oh, wow. Okay. Why so short? It was going to – it's just the way it went. Oh, um, interesting. Yeah, it just it was just the way it went, and so it was going to be a short one. And it was going to be my last one as well. Okay. So. so, what what kinds of this is? These are the things I'm always the most curious about because you know when there's not a ship in port, you guys are very isolated. Um, like you said, it's a small a small group, and so you're just hanging out on this tropical island, and you know, I, I assume enjoying yourself. So what? What did you What did you do on your on your days off when there there wasn't a ship uh, visiting? So we were very fortunate that we did get a day off on the island, um, and it was because we we did work some some ludicrously long hours. Yeah. Um, on on what we called a cool day. So a cool day would be when the ship came in, and then um, we would have other days when a, a ship wouldn't be in, but we would we would still be working, um, and so we would. We would have a lay-in of an extra hour and uh, have a little bit of a less, a little bit of a shorter day, um, but we would still be doing other tasks. So we would be doing maintenance of the bikes, maintenance of all the, the water equipment. There'll be a team, uh, so there'll be like a, a beach team which would go through and check all the umbrellas, clean all the uh, lounges, all the chairs. Um, clean the beach, redo all the sand. There'll be a team which would be solely in the lagoon, so fixing, diving, fixing the nets, making sure that all the lifeguard stands are okay, making sure the, all the attractions are okay. There'd be a team on, like, the bikes and making sure that every single bike gets taken out, 
mechanically checked mm. um, and, you know, any problems fixed and then put back in. And then there'd be other, like, small little teams dealing with dealing with other problems, anything that arose and, and things like that. Uh, I had a separate job, so on, on those days I was the, one of the storekeepers, which meant that I was in charge of making sure the island had everything that we needed. So um, I had to make sure that we had enough bike parts and uh, make sure we had enough snorkels and fins and, and things like that. So I'd be... I'd be going around making sure we have enough supplies of everything. And then if we didn't order in it, if, you know, if we needed stuff, trying to figure it out how to get it to the Bahamas and, and things like that. So yeah. that was sort of when we didn't have a ship in, but I was, we were still working. And then we would have days when you were off and that could be on a day when there was no ship or it could be on a day when there was a ship. So it, it all depend on sort of how you chose your day off. Um, my days off, to be honest, normally consisted of going, waking up late, having a nice little sleep in, going for a brunch on the ship, um, making the most of, of all the food that you could get, because again, it was just something different. Oh, and cool. then uh, kind of going to the beach or going on an excursion um, or, yeah, you know, trying to go to a different island, something like that. That's oh, that's cool. so you could take what a boat or something out to the different islands. You could you could organize it, yeah. So um, we went to we we actually went and visited the pigs one once. Oh wow, uh, really? It, it, it took some planning and it was a long day, but you know you could you could definitely organize it and get it done. Um, but as I said, the the majority of my days off, I chose to be a, on a ship day yeah. so I could get from the ship because. It was just nicer, you know, getting a Mickey waffle and, yeah, and sure. things like that. Okay. Uh, and then going to the beach, having a couple of drinks, and and yeah, just enjoying enjoying living in the Bahamas, you know. That's awesome. So, like, what what time of day on on your typical work day are you usually finished with like your responsibilities? Um, it was. Anywhere between six and seven. Okay. Uh, yeah, so we'd we'd pretty much every day do uh, six till six till seven every day, um, with normally a, a half an hour lunch break. Okay. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. So I mean, by that time, were you just like completely exhausted and didn't really want to do anything, or did you kind of? I don't know, play, play beach games or something in the evenings or, you know, they just, what did you do in the evenings or, or were you just so exhausted that you, you know, didn't want to do anything? Um, it, it all depends on the day, to be honest. Most, there is a, a big workout culture, there was a big workout culture on oh, okay. the island. So you'd normally, you'd be in a group, maybe like three or four of you would go for a run. So you'd, you'd literally finish work. Most of the time I, I just dump my clothes and, I say that because I normally worked in just shorts. Yeah, yeah. And nothing. I just dump my clothes and then put some trainers on and, and go for a quick workout and then literally come back, shower and eat. And then normally fall asleep watching a film somewhere, which wasn't my bed, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I was kind of renowned for that, just falling asleep watching a film, <laughs> not in my room or on the floor somewhere. Or <laughs> like that. But 
it, it's just because you're so tired. Yeah, you know? right, right, right. Yeah, uh, yeah it, it will depend. Other days, if it was a lot, it was, if it was a particularly long day or a stressful day, you'd sit around, literally still in your, still in your, whatever you were wearing for the day, and, and just have a couple of beers and then go to dinner. So. Cool. What was the food like on the island? Was it I was it similar to what you would get at like the you cookies at, at the restaurant there or or on the ship or was it you know was it different? Um so for lunch we could we could get the 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 same stuff that you can get at cookies. Um however we had our own crew mess which provided um it was it was food. It was kind of rated better than what you got on the crew mess on the ship. Oh, okay. Uh, because it was a little bit fresher or a little bit different, and because there was less of us, they kind of just they could do, you know, better dishes. But the the thing was was when you're there for a good few months, it does get very repetitive. You know, <laughs> sure. You know that right? Monday's going to be this, and Tuesday's going to be that, and Wednesday's going to be that, and oh look, it's Monday again. I'm having this again. And I, <laughs> Again, and it, um, so there was advantages and disadvantages to it. Uh, if you, you know, you speak to a crew member from a ship, and they'll probably say that you had such a wide selection of food, but the quality wasn't as good. We had a, a very small selection of food, but the quality was was a bit better than what you got on the ship. Okay, like, in my opinion, anyway. Yeah. Okay. Um, what? Yeah, are, what? Are, left, yeah. Go ahead. But, what are the what are the rooms like? I mean, how kind of how big are they, and how are they how are they laid out? I guess. Um, so there's there's two different. I know that there was plans to get rid of them, but I don't know what they've got at the moment. There's two different sort of uh, room and accommodations. There was literally old housing and new housing. Oh. <laughs> to, to be honest, old housing was kind of a party place. Okay. Uh, because it was eight room, so you'd, you'd have two people in a room sharing a bathroom with another room. Uh, so, you know, and they can join on and, and have a bathroom in the middle. Oh, so it was almost but, like suite style. Sort of, yeah. And then you had a big decking which had eight rooms going onto the one decking. Hmm. So my group of friends kind of chose to live there because we could – you know, have one room as like the film room, one room as like the chill, one room as the drinking room, and then we could kind of take over this whole decking with all ten of us and, you know, play music and do whatever we wanted. Um, so it was kind of known for the old housing was the party housing, and then new housing was was really nice, picturesque, pink, yellow, blue houses nice white porches and nice plants and really spacious you know they had a full sofa a big bathroom but it was it it was very uh civilized shall we say in in the new housing <laughs> area uh the people who lived there didn't really like the music and and stuff like that so okay yeah were they air conditioned yes all of them all of them were air conditioned um, the new housing had like a sole air conditioning per sort of room, which whoever was in there could control whatever temperature with a panel on the wall. And the old housing just had 
a vent in the ceiling and you had some cold air blowing out of it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, it, was, it was certainly some, you know, if you looked at old housing, you'd just be like, wow, how do I live here? Yeah. But it, it was worth it because it was literally all of my friends, our, our big group just together and, you know, you could do whatever you wanted really. Yeah, that's that's cool. So um, one of the things that Heath talked about when, when he and I spoke was, you know, they used to go and jump off the docks when there wasn't a ship uh, in port. <laughs> Um, I just think that is the coolest thing. So what other sort of like recreational type things like that did you, you know, would you do? Um, there's, there's many examples of what we, we, we've done, which was a little sketchy, but great. <laughs> um, <laughs> one was, you know, the, the blue floaties, the, the, the mats that you get, yeah. which you can... Yeah, so we got a load of those and made a massive slip and slide <laughs> at the dock where the ship goes and we slip and, slip and slided into the water. And that's, that's like a low tide. That's a eight-foot drop. So, you know, you're slip and sliding. You're sprinting down the dock, sliding on this on the, all the blue soapy mats and then just like diving into the water. <laughs> um, we, we then, if, if where the ship docks, there's what we call the catwalk at the end. The yeah. big metal. We did a rope swing from the middle of the catwalk once. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, we you know we'd take the jet skis out. We did a few banana boat banana boats, which we'd just blow up the banana boat. Tubing was a big one for us. We would go tubing pretty much most weeks or wakeboarding. Um, oh wow! There was definitely you know a lot of opportunities to do fun things yeah. and. It was very much if if you wanted to, and you kind of could. You just needed to say, "Look, we're going to do this. We've got a radio, so that if something goes wrong, you know where we are and and what we're doing." And it's uh, about it, really. Yeah. Gotcha. So I know, like the jet skis and the boats. Um, I think aren't those usually like local uh, vendors that bring those over, or are they left on the island? Um, you know, overnight, and can you, you know, just take those out if you wanted to? Yeah, so the ones that you are, you are correct, the ones you're talking about are brought over by local vendors from Sandy Point. Um, however, the ones that you'll see at Boat Beach and, and in the lagoon, which are, are Disney's, uh, are used by the lifeguards during the day oh, okay. in an emergency sort of extraction, any emergency situation, you, you know, you wish that you don't see it, but if you do see it, you'll see a jet ski going into the lagoon and then absolutely flying with someone on the back, essentially. Um, but obviously, when there's no ship, that jet ski, those jet skis are used for, you know, maintenance of the surrounding waters, the surrounding islands, um, and we could also use them for recreational use as well because we were trained to use them in a in emergency situation, we were kind of trusted to, to use them in a, in a safe yeah. and fun way. So, yeah. Gotcha. Oh, that's, that's really cool. Um, yeah. so, uh, one of the, one of the things that I, did you ever, did you ever get to like at nighttime, just string up some hammocks like on the beach or something and just <laughs> kind of chill as the sunset? I mean, that just sounds like an amazing experience did you ever get to have experiences yeah. like that yeah i'm surprised he didn't talk about this we used to do it a lot 
um, it was it was great. I mean, there's pictures on on my social channels and things like that of us literally hammocking up in in, in the trees on the beach and sleeping there all night. You know, a couple of beers and and watching watching the moon, playing some card games, playing some some games and. That's and awesome. Sleeping in the hammocks, yeah, it was, we did it a lot actually. Uh, it kind of became a tradition. Oh, that's great. What's the island like at nighttime? I mean, I'm, I imagine there's probably not a lot of light, so the stars must be pretty pretty bright. Is that is that the yeah. case? There is zero light pollution. It's oh. really yeah, yeah. Um, even in in the winter, you know, you're finishing work, and I'll carry a, a headlamp because. By the time you finish work, you've still got two hours of work. Oh, wow. It's that dark. Yeah. And the only lights you'll see are in the compound is where, where the crew crew members live mm. and uh, on the dock for safety reasons. Sure. Um, but other than that, there is, there's no lights whatsoever. Um, and your eyes just kind of adjust. You know, yeah. you, you do a lot of adjusting on the island and, and that's one of them. Yeah. Is it? Is it like spooky at all being there kind of in the middle of the ocean, uh, pitch black, uh, you know, no real transportation around? I mean, is it is it is it kind of like a weird experience? I can see I can see what you mean by that. Um, but it's just one of those things where you're so used to it okay. and it's, it's just it becomes the norm so quickly. Yeah. That, you know. As soon as you leave the compound, yeah, you you have torches and headlamps with you all the time, but we never used to walk with or or cycle. Gotcha. We never used to walk. I won't say cycle. We never used to walk and cycle without a, a a torch because it was just easier for your eyes to adjust and and kind of enjoy the stars and and the the sky, you know. And as soon as someone turned a torch and it was like, what, what are you doing? Like, why are you doing this? Because yeah. you just you didn't need it. It was, you know, it was nice. Gotcha. Really cool. That just seems like a really awesome experience. Did it? Did you ever get tired of being there? You know what I mean? Not not that you didn't like your job or anything, but just it just you know, every day is the same, and and you're you know you're kind of isolated from reality. Did you ever just feel like you you didn't want to be there anymore? Yeah, I mean. It, this is that's why I took every, every off day that they gave me. I gotcha. took, and it meant that I could kind of refresh and not think about. Although, yeah, you're still on the island and you're still in that sort of bubble. You you just kind of could refresh and not not think about work. That makes uh, sense. I, I literally took every off day that I could, and it it really helped. I think if I did a contract without taking any off days, it would be a tough one for sure. sure. Yeah, gotcha. All right, so I'll end on this last question and uh, kind of putting you on the spot, and you can feel free to pass on it if you want. Um, but I, I, I kind of wanted to just hear like a crazy story that you have to tell. Um, you know, not 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 to embarrass anyone, or you know, maybe keep it as close to PG as possible. But do you have any like crazy stories off the top of your head that you'd be willing to share? Um. Crazy. I mean, a lot of uh, the the crazy stories are quite um, they're quite drunken because you know you're you're working every gotcha. day. All of a sudden, you've got a day off and you're on the beach drinking all day and things like that. So, um, okay. 
there was there was one day we kind of got in trouble a little bit because we went to the ship for for brunch absolutely fine um went to the crew the crew bar uh, not crew bar the crew shop to because we were like right we need need to get some beers for the beach and i don't know what we were celebrating but i got a bit carried away and uh i bought like i think it was like two cases of corona and like two cases of prosecco bottles it was like 12 bottles of prosecco and i thought it was a great idea to be honest when i was in the crew shop and then i got off the ship and was like right we're a long way from anywhere that you know i'm, I'm gonna be drinking this because i can't drink this here so i need to get there and it was like right i don't have a bag i don't have anything on me i literally just have shorts flip-flops and a t-shirt and all this drink i'm just gonna get on the uh the um what's it called the uh Oh, I got a complete mind. Mind. Oh. The uh, tram. I just was like, oh, oh. I'll jump on the tram. And so there's me literally sitting on the tram with all these families around. And I've got <laughs> cases on one side of me and two cases of Prosecco on one side of me. And this guy literally sitting in front of me was like, why haven't we done this? And literally turned to his wife, like, why haven't we done this? What, what's going on here? He was like, like where, are you, where are you drinking this? Where are your kids? I was like, no, 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 I work here. Like, I, <laughs> alcohol for the day um and so yeah we, we got we got a little bit of trouble for that and then uh that same day we got in a, another little bit of trouble as well because we took some bikes once the ship had left um we were kind of stuck down at the crew beach which is next to serenity bay um and so we drunkenly decided to take some bikes uh down the airstrip and uh it didn't end well with someone in a bush <laughs> and uh we got we got in trouble for drunkenly in charge of a uh they classed it as a vehicle which i thought was a bit oh but, wow uh drunkenly in charge of a vehicle and i was just like it's a bike you know <laughs> it's, it's an airstrip what can you crash into other than a bush um but it, it was a it was a great day and uh yeah it was absolutely fun the one good thing about you know on your off day and you're, you're having a couple of drinks is you have your drinks and because you're out in the sun all day you're on the beach you're asleep by eight o'clock so you wake up and you haven't got a hangover at all it's amazing <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah there's there's some stories but we'll, we'll keep the keep it as pg as yes possible. yeah that's that's perfect that's uh that's exactly what i was looking for so thanks for thanks for sharing that i appreciate it the tram they kind of concluded they brought us into the office the next day and was like look you can't be buying that much. Like <laughs> you also can't be sitting on a tram with that much on your own and you need to buy bags, like get a bag and cover it up. And then there onwards, anything you bought in a crew store, you had to buy, you had to carry it in a bag so that like guests couldn't see. Um, <laughs> I think it was quite funny because there was, there was a couple of days when we'd be on our like half an hour lunch break and we need some like, need some beers for the next day. So we'd be like, right, drive to the ship in our uniform run onto the ship, grab a like, couple of cases of beer, like running down the dock with a case of beer in a bag in, in your uh, costume just to, to drop it off at your room so that when you're off the next day, you can have a, have a few beers, you know. Um, but, yeah, no, it was, it's, it's all good fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's awesome. It sounds like a, a really fun experience, and it seems like you had a great crew. I mean, a lot of, you know, just sounds like you guys all had, just had a lot of fun, which is really cool. Um, 
So Connor, I really appreciate your time today. This was uh, this was fun. I, I I love hearing stories about uh, people living on Castaway Key. So I, I appreciate your time. Oh, and I I meant to ask you. I think you. I think I already asked you this before, but um, you mentioned that you're. As far as you know, you're you're done with Disney Cruise Line at this point. Is that right? Yeah. So they um, it must have been a couple months ago now. They released a press um something in the press saying about how they're committed to the Bahamians, how they've been struggling with COVID, which is completely understandable. And so they have released all international crew who worked on gotcha, casting. Yeah. Um, and so for someone like me, it wasn't a, uh, it wasn't a big deal to be honest. I was like, that's, that's absolutely fine. Um, however, I do feel bad for the ones who, you know, it was their, it was their career and they were sending their money back home to their families. Sure, yeah, yeah. I, I do really feel bad for those sort of, those people who worked there because, but we, we worked hard, but we also, we, we also played hard and enjoyed our day off. Yeah. Those, those guys who worked there, the guys and girls literally worked, worked on their day off to get overtime money. They worked an extra hour every evening to get another bit of overtime and they would send every bit of money back to their families. Mm, yeah, those yeah. you feel sorry for because it was a good amount of money they were getting for their, for their uh, country they lived in. Yeah, sure. Gotcha. But for my group of friends, it was all kind of just like we were over it anyway and we were there just to work hard and play hard. So. Yeah, gotcha. Awesome. Cool. Well, thanks, Connor. I, I really appreciate it. Again, uh, thank you for, for coming on and, and talking about your experience. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. Thank awesome. You. All right. Well, uh, take care and, uh, you know, best of luck in, you know, whatever you're, whatever you're working on now and hope you stay safe and uh, hope, hopefully talk to you again sometime. Yeah, you too. Stay safe. All right. Thank you very much. All right, man. As a reminder, you can connect with the show by following along on Twitter at the DCL Dude or by liking us on Facebook at facebook.com slash DCL Dude Podcast. Please feel free to ask a question, leave a comment, drop a note, or share the podcast with your followers. I'd also be very grateful if you could rate the podcast on iTunes and leave a review. Of course, if there's anything I can do to improve your listening experience, please let me know. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for listening.